0: which is more important? You only get one, knowing your product or knowing your customer, what's more important? Hmm. I'd say 90% of the time I ask this question, it's about 30, 70. And I'll have people stand up and talk about why they said competency or why they said empathy. And then I let them know, actually, it's a trick question. They're both equally important, according to Harvard Business Review, but the order matters, In fact, empathy and competency, there was a great article in Harvard Business Review called First Connect, Then Lead. It's actually about leadership, but the principles are the same for selling, right? Persuasion, leadership, charisma is 90% a balance of empathy and competency. They're equally important, but the order matters. And the story that I told, that um, one of the stories that that went viral online is a story about uh, my husband and I, another car story. And he finally decided what we lovingly called his shopping cart of a vehicle. It was like a 10-year-old Prius or something. And uh, so he decided he was going to buy a truck. And he calls the guy in the dealership. And he says, hey, I'm going to you know, come in. And I'd like to make an appointment. OK, fine. So we're driving down I-80 from Park City to Salt Lake City. And he looks at me and he says, now, listen, no matter what the guy says, no matter what the offer is, we're not buying anything today. Got it? I'm like, fine. It's your truck. And he says, no, no. No, I know how you are. You're a salesperson. You're you're emotional. I'm I'm a scientist. I'm an analytic. I, I, you know, I like to research things. So when I bought, I'm like, it's your truck. (laughs) So we get down to the dealership and out comes this silver-haired, middle-aged Canadian guy. He takes one look at my husband. He says, Lee Gerstein, I am so honored to meet you. I hope you don't mind. But I looked at your profile on LinkedIn because I like to know a little bit about the people I'm going to serve. He said, I just I need to thank you with all my heart for the work you do with kids with autism. He said, my, my son, my own son has autism.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So they go into Jared's office and for half an hour, they're just talking about autism and the cures and the new science and how it affects the families. And this goes on. I'm like looking at my watch. 35 minutes later, my husband stands up. We haven't even gone to the lot. We haven't even looked at a truck. He turns to me and he says, I think he has what we need here today. <laughs> but, but here's the point, right? So getting back to your question, Jared, the car salesman had the competency. He knew everything about trucks. He knew the horsepower, he knew the models. He like probably knew about the future of self-driverless trucks, but he knew something more important. He knew my husband Lee. And so I would say it's empathy that gets you in the door. It's competency, reliability, integrity that keep you there, which are the four cornerstones of trust. That's what trust is made of. But most sellers get it wrong. So you said, what is, how do you lose a sale quickly? You lead with competency. You lead with product. You lead with how great you are. You lead with your logos instead of doing the research, doing the work, and making it about them. And, and when you do that, yes, it's harder. Yes, it takes more time. Even for SDRs, I'd rather have you talk to fewer people and work deeper, not wider. Like stop with this spraying stuff. People have no bandwidth for it. Um, As you're building relationships, if, you know, when we're working with companies selling seven, eight figure solutions and you've got a very long sales cycle, you know, you you never write the email just checking in. Um, You know, I need to be really value today is different. Every time I communicate with a consumer throughout that sales cycle, I need to be giving them value, not asking for anything. I'm giving that's why I put out literally 10 free videos every single week on multiple platforms, usually mostly TikTok. i um, now TikTok. I feel cool. Um, I didn't even know how to spell it last year, but like LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and I don't sell anything. You'll never see me do a video where I sell a course, but now 90% of our leads are inbound. We don't do any outbound. Because they come to us. Why? Because they feel like they know us. And the people who I resonate with are going to come to me. I don't have to like try to talk somebody into, you know, why to use me instead of Grant Cardone. Like Grant Cardone's people don't come to me. I, we're, I'm completely the opposite. We pride ourselves in being the anti-Cardone. Nothing wrong with Grant Cardone. It's just like a different style. So, So my people will come to me. I'm and I am actually on a show called Sassholes, like how do they even get away with that? I don't know. I got in trouble the other day because my book is Heart and Sell and I have a button that says heart on for sales. Oh, get over yourself.
2: Welcome to Sassholes with a combined 100 years of making interesting decisions. Jamie, Justin, KG, myself, Peter, dedicated helping sales leaders or aspiring sales leaders accelerate revenues with our no bullshit approach to sales leadership strategies and tactics. Please subscribe to us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. That little action on YouTube, I don't know. It sprinkles magic fairy dust over the algorithm that turns three people to watching us to 3,000. Pay it forward, guys. Today our guest is Sherry Levitin. Sherry's an energetic, wickedly funny sales guru who helps sales teams bridge the gap between beating quotas and selling with an authentic, heartfelt approach. It's pretty funny too. As the founder of the Sherry Levitin group, Sherry's helped create over one wait $1 billion in increased revenue for companies in over 40 countries. Sherry's the best-selling author of Heart and Sell, 10 Universal Truths Every Salesperson Needs to Know, a chosen textbook for Harvard Strategic Selling Course, as well as a contributor to Forbes, CEO of Magazine, Quotable Inc. Magazine, and Huffington Post. Sherry's viral video, videos on Instagram and LinkedIn have reached over 18 million accounts in the last 90 days. How the hell do you do that? Using video sales as a staple in driving her business. She's a leading authority to share her tips on how video can help launch your business to its full potential. But before we get to Sherry, we got some Patreon love to give out. Our business supporters. Hey, Demand, uh, Demand Farm, Iron Man check out their org chart feature you can transform contacts lists to rich visual maps instantly empowered with deal specific rolodex at your fingertips you have a focused view on the buying group their roles dynamic stances and relationship owners for effective deal advancement See. A- could you say that again sorry siri sorry.
1: <laughs> siri interrupted you siri was again. impressed i mean
0: that was a mouthful
2: the ACZ Insight engine helps fuel account growth by helping you identify success drivers for high value business opportunities, prioritize relationships and guide deal progression with timely interventions. Request a demo now at demandfarm.com. Ask for Ironman, Winnalytics. Hey Brent, how you doing buddy? Build the revenue organization you want. Request a free 60 minute growth consultation at winanalytics.com. Ask for Brent and say, Big Pete sent you. Just also like to say, hey, Aaron J and Trent S, thanks for your support. It's a real ego boost. And then we got a new segment, Kevin. It's called Looking. What is that? Somebody's looking to make a move. If anybody in Chicago is looking for a software developer, manager with 10 years of experience, C Pound, MS, SQL, Angular, React, Azure, Cloud, ASP.net.net or no. J- Angular web development, if anybody knows what that stuff is and you want a guy with the experience, hashtag good peeps, email me, pete at sassholes.net. Maybe we should name it, we got a guy. We got, we got a, a guy. guy. We got a guy. We got a guy for you in Chicago. Oh, you'll
0: have the women feminists all over your ass on that, Kevin. Actually, Oh, yeah?
2: Right. You, I, you I know. know. So
0: that is very unlike now. It's very uninclusive. I'm just you know, saying. Yeah, we should
1: change it to,
2: I know a person. Well, or, if Or you, I know a they. Uh, actually, we went through that last week. Uh, Sherry, if you want to check out our last show, we did a whole show on pronouns. I'm dead. Serious. Okay, well, there you go. All right, it already. and again, it already. please like and sc- subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sherry's got 6,000 over 6,000 people on hers, 6,000 plus one since I just subscribed. Hey, Sherry, can you s- subscribe to ours, please? Yeah, uh, I appreciate <laughs> it. Hey, uh, KG, yes, Pete. Slice apple pie is two fifty dollars in Jamaican. It's about 3 bucks in the Bahamas. These are just the pie rates of the Caribbean. Leave us some comments Uh, on our blog at sassholes.net.
1: The dad jokes get me every time. I swear to God, I'm reading it in the notes, and it's hilarious every single time, even though you said it, and I read it. And I got to edit this every time. KG, you got any shout-outs? I have a couple. I want to wish Grayson Galbraith at ploy a happy happy birthday. She's... uh, doing great over at Aploy. I want to wish Taylor Heon a uh, happy birthday. We went to high school together, but years, really? and years apart, and then, he, uh, and then he was at ZipRecruiter for a while. I want to congratulate Mira Greenland. Uh, I've known her for a long, long time uh, for being promoted to chief revenue officer of uh, Into USA. Congratulations, Mira,
2: you deserve it. Fireworks. Hey, Jason Lovelace became president at Spins in Chicago. Presidente, we worked together back in the day. And he also turned the big 5-0, 5-0. Jason, you don't look look a day over 48, my friend. Hey, Adam Kowalski, seven years at UKG. Ryan Voss, happy birthday, May 22nd. Joy Ploy, four years at the Inner Circle Network. Casey Moynihan, one year at NAVX Global. Way to stick in there one year, Casey. Hey, Joy Navleka, he's from your neck of the woods, guys. Uh, four years at house, an old school guy from Groupon. John Chang, nine years at career builder. Sarah McBride, happy birthday. Jackie McGill, happy birthday. And then Brian Murphy, 10 years COO at Navy Pier in Chicago. Wow. Way to go. Oh, oh, boom. So, <laughs> hey, Sherry, thank you so much for coming on the show. For For the new uh, listeners that are just getting the, the Sherry experience, could you just tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today as the sale guru? Can you even say guru anymore? Or is that uh, feminist dick?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a, a particular pronoun, but um, I, I am Sherry, maybe a guress.
1: But that goo-ress. sounds like
0: distress,
1: doesn't it? Like, 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 a, like it's
0: not a happy word.
1: No, it sounds like a great word. If you say you know, like like it, I love it.
0: Gurus, okay.
1: Gurasshole.
0: Yeah, I actually um, got into sales by accident. I think a lot of people did, right? I mean, it wasn't like I want to be a salesman when I grow up. Grow up and have a quota. It, it wasn't like that. I, I sort of, I went to the University of Colorado, um, and I had a double major, partying and skiing. And um, I answered an ad in the paper and got into sales by accident, and I absolutely loved it. And I think what's important in the story is the reason I loved it is because I had a mentor who really changed my life and helped me grow and helped me understand that there's there's like a process to this thing called sales. There's psychology. And really what it is, is it's human psychology. And I believe with all my heart that better people make better salespeople, not the other way around. You Really, when, when we learn the art of sale, selling and the art of leadership and the art of leading, what we're learning is the art of listening, the art of communication, the art of persuasion, the art of integrity, the art of empathy. And hmm. it's it's something that I practice every day because we never master it. And and so for me to now be able to teach it um, really just helps me get better where I need to get better. And, and then I get to to share that with others. So it's it's been my passion for over 30 years. I started Leviton Group in 1997 uh, because we were sitting around in Colorado talking about what we'd do if we won. We were a bunch of salespeople uh, talking about what we'd do if we won the then $32 million lottery.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, you know, everybody had, oh yeah, I'm gonna get a fancy home in New York and then you know, one in Paris and the other guy, I'm gonna start an outdoor company. They all looked at me, I said, I'd start a training company and I'd bring in guest speakers. And I, this was a while ago, I'd bring in tapes and videos and I'd help people grow and learn. And everybody just goes, okay, you're sick. Yeah. Yeah. But then I realized like, that's what I've been put on this earth to do. That's That's,
1: the mission. It's a mission to help. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is going to sound, um, you're a a LinkedIn top voice, a top 50 keynote speaker in sales. How do you think you, how, I mean, there's a lot of sales trainers and a lot of sales training companies like. Yeah, how'd you, you do lit- that? Yeah, you literally don't have to be, you know, you don't have to really go to school to be a sales trainer. You could just say, hey, put, put up a shingle and say, I'm a sales trainer. And then you post some stuff on LinkedIn and call yourself an expert or a guru. But you've done it and you've got. Tens of thousands of followers. How do you think you became a LinkedIn top voice and a, and a top 50 keynote speaker in, in sales?
0: You know, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm at my mom's place right now in Santa Rosa, California. My mom's 87. She's written 40 books. She's working on her 41st. She's also a speaker because she's a Holocaust survivor. She speaks to kids at schools. And I think I, I would answer it the way my mom answers it. People always, say to her, where are you? And she's still going. She just wrote her 20-year business plan. She's 87. Like,
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And she's a force in nature. And people would always say to her, you know, Sonia, where do you get your inspiration to write? Mm. My mom loves this question. She sort of smiles and she says, look, it's not like I go on top of a mountaintop and I'm struck with inspiration. She says, I wake up every morning. I do my exercises, get my coffee. I sit down and I do the goddamn work. Mm. It's, it's, it's work. You're, you're never there. You know, people freak out. I have three speaking coaches, not one. I have three. I get coached on how to speak better. Um, I am constantly reading, learning, listening to podcasts, finding out new ways. Now I, I, I've always had a knack for telling stories And I think, you know, a lot of these viral videos, they're stories. And I believe that sellers and leaders who can master the art of storytelling, and it's an art, all of sales, you have to break it down. You have to unpack it. You know, I talk, when I train salespeople, I like to unpack things that we have heard that are platitudes, like do a good discovery. What does that mean? Well, there's five goals of a discovery. Tell stories. Okay, how? Here's Mm -hmm. the five rules of a story. Here's three frameworks. Sales need frameworks and the leaders do too, because by providing content and frameworks for the leaders, yeah. look, they've got day jobs. You know, they could probably do it if that's all they did 24 seven and had a team of 30 behind them. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. So our, our day job is helping sales leaders to give them content so that they can shine in front of their groups. And so that sellers can understand the psychology of sales. It's not just about product knowledge. You Mm -hmm. know, when people say build trust, what are the five, what is trust? It's based on five things. How do Mm -hmm. you do those? So I think I've always been a little ADD, quite frankly, and I've needed things broken down. I need process. And so I've always built process for sellers because that's how I learned. I've been a student of the game. And I will say, all throughout my career, I have asked for help and had mentors. You know, Jill Conrath became a mentor of mine five years ago and now became one of my best friends. Yeah. And when she read the first back um, draft of my book, she said, well, if you want to give away at a conference, it's a perfect book. Or do you want to write a real one?
1: You know, <laughs> it's like you've
0: got to be open enough yeah. to say, what do I need to do better? Yeah. And and it's this arrogance and this ego that gets in the way. And um you need to surround yourself with people that are gonna encourage you and tell you the truth,
1: the mm-hmm. hard truth, and help you wow. get better. Well, that you you just you you just hey Pete, <laughs> you just met Pete Jansen. <laughs> like this guy <laughs> built a massive insight sales team at a company that we will not name. And uh For a and, builder, uh, who cares? And I and I and that's Big how cousin. I knew him. I hired Sherry, I hired people from Pete that said, this guy would walk the sales floor, walk up to young salespeople and say, What do you got for me today? It wasn't about, you know, hey, let's the lovey dovey and let's do a contest. Like Pete would tell these people the truth and yeah. he would help them get better by telling the telling them the you know the truth. And that's yeah. I think you're. I think you're right on. You, you
2: hired all the retruds, and you called me up and asked me if they're any good. That's that's what you did, Jerry. <laughs> sure, the, the The companies that uh, bring you on. What is your ideal customer profile look like? Because we're all in sales, right? what What type of company do you go into? Because look, a lot of stuff that you go into, the sales directors, the sales managers, the you're going to be saying things that they've already said. They're bringing you in. So there's a third party to present the content, a different person doing it than who has already told them that. What types of companies are bringing you in and what messages are you telling the, the sales kids? Yeah,
0: I, I'd say yes and no. I mean, you know, we we do, you know, sure. I do keynotes. I do sales kickoffs all the time. The big thing we've been doing lately um, is master classes because as soon as the pandemic hit, tell you a little bit of an embarrassing story. So the pandemic hits, I lose 80, 90% of my business overnight. I'm freaking out. I call a virtual meeting with my team. I'm looking at the numbers going, oh my God, how are we going to replace all this revenue we just lost? I had an employee who's been with me 20 years and he's kind of meek, but he'll tell me the truth because I tell him the truth. He'll say, "Um, boss, he calls me boss. With all due respect, you're asking the wrong question. Uh, What's more important than replacing our revenue for the year? I'm sorry, do we need a tea party? He says, no, the question you should be asking that you've taught me all this time is, how do we help our clients? It's not about us. So why don't we call our clients and not try to sell them anything and see what they need? And We started doing lunch and learns, bringing in guest speakers, and not charging a dime and i brought in jill conrath i brought in david brock i brought in people that people and we just built community and i will tell you before i know it we had more business in 2020 than we had in 18 and 19 combined because we we started with the customer in mind and we forget that and what we heard loud and clear is you know and then we started working with You know Fortune 500 companies and helping them. They didn't know how to pivot. You know we worked with Dell and Michael Dell had made a big announcement that now it's all about life work balance and you know people can work. You know even as we came out of the pandemic, people people can work from home forty percent of the time. And then their sales enablement called me and said, "Yeah, but we have no idea how to do it. How do you build trust across the digital divide? How do you make Zoom meetings engaging? Like." You can say, well, you were just telling them what their managers had been telling them. Actually, we weren't. We had a new problem and a new. we had to have new tools and methods to solve it because when you sell virtually, there's four seismic shifts you need to make. Number one, trust is totally different across the screen. There's only two ways you can build trust across the screen. And the reason, by the way, a lot of people don't know this. The reason it's harder to build trust. I'm going to ask you, Kevin. Do you know why? There's actually, Pete. You're into neuroscience. Why is it harder to build trust across the screen?
2: Because you got to look at each look at each other in the eyeballs.
0: Okay, but I'm looking at you in your eyeball.
2: Oh, well, oh. a lot of people don't. They're like this. That's so, true.
0: And then you see body
2: parts you don't want to see. You don't want to see. Like if I stand up right now. But no. Uh-huh. What's the What's the answer?
0: Well, it's interesting. Um, and you probably know this after I tell you it's because we can't smell each other.
1: Yeah. pheromones. it's
0: pheromones. So if you and I were in the same room right now, and yeah. I liked your pheromones and you liked my pheromones, um, w- w- as we start talking, we build trust and we release oxytocin and oxytocin is the trust hormone. As you probably know, it's the same hormone that women release when they're breastfeeding or when you fall in love and it and actually, neuroscientists have gone in and helped people. They've ingested oxytocin into customers' nasal cavities. And if you have a shot of oxytocin from trust, you'll actually spend more money. Hmm. I figure if I can get somebody to sniff something, they already trust me. But that's like another thing, right? But, but truly, so it's harder. So, so building trust is different across the screen. And there's, you know, we'll teach, here's the three strategies, Number one, are you doing your homework? How do you look people up on LinkedIn before a call? Because you'll again, I like breaking things down. Oh, look them up on LinkedIn. What am I looking for? That they played football, that they wrote an article, that they're a you know a dad of twins. Like, mm-hmm. what am I looking up? So we'll go through. You know, here's in order the five ways to connect. Number one is the best way. You know, um, number two, you need to establish virtual presence. What does that look like? Um, you, you know, how you look, how you sound, how you interact. Um, tone of voice, um, you know, subconscious cues. We talk a lot about how to build empathy versus competency online. and then and then it's totally interactive. We'll break people into zoom rooms and 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 that's where the learning takes place. And I think that's where people get confused because, you know, if you just listen to a TED talk or, you just listen to a LinkedIn learning course. LinkedIn learning's great, But the learning happens in the doing of it, in the facilitation and people talking about, well, I have this client right now. So, Um, where we pivoted is we started doing master classes on how to sell in a hybrid world, how to build trust, how to be more engaging and not so damn boring, how to use the five senses, um, access, how do you access multiple stakeholders, especially if you're, you know, Gartner says there's now 11 average stakeholders in the average B2B sale. How do you do that? How do you leverage video to get to the other stakeholders? So I do believe that in sales training, in the world of sales training, there's, Timeless and timely training. And and we really do both because some is timeless, but today you need to be timely because there are real issues that need to be solved for right now. And sales leaders predict that 50% of all um, sales calls will occur virtually, even after the pandemic.
2: Great sales trainer. You got game. You've been doing it a long time. What if you go into the company that's got a shitty hiring practice and you got a room full of mopes? What do you call them? Mopes. I haven't heard not, the term mopes, but it rhymes okay. with mopes and gross. No, it's, it's, it's an option to mopes. Seinfeld moops. Uh, if they're not motivated, they're just in there, they're checking the box. You're very fired up, okay? You go into a room. How can you fire up somebody that doesn't want to be fired up, has no goals? No. Does the company have to do a good job of hiring uh, onboarding in order for you to have something to work with? Or can you wave a magic wand and make anything Uh,
0: happen? You've got to to have the will to sell and the skill to sell. You've got to have both. You know, I was speaking at a, I I was keynoting for a big car conference yesterday and somebody asked me the same question. And um, I answered it this way. Um, David Brooks has uh, a wonderful book called um, Character. And he talks about two types of virtues, resume virtues. I talk about this in my book and eulogy virtues, resume virtues being the skills. Right. So, um, you know, do you have the experience? Do you um, do you have the skills to um, speak well on the phone, to tell great stories, to, um, you know, um, are you a strategic thinker if you're an A.E., um, et cetera? Do you have the skills? But then there's the eulogy virtues. The eulogy virtues are right. What some people might call emotional intelligence skills. What would people say about you at your funeral? Were you kind? Were you driven? Were you compassionate? Um, did you have empathy? And I do believe that you need both. And if I were going to pick one, I would pick the eulogy virtues and train them the skills as long as they have the drive and the intelligence, because without that, I got nothing. Right. I mean, we've all had these high maintenance sellers that have great skills or a great track record, but they're, they don't have any drive. I need will. I need, I need like somebody who on a Saturday, like, like they're just, maniacally trying to constantly improve. That's what I want.
1: So Sherry, can salespeople be motivated? Yes or no? Can salespeople- Absolutely.
0: And it all depends on the leader, right? And, And what drives me crazy, I'll tell you what really drives me crazy is when you see these leaders and they're sort of managing the lagging indicators and they kind of go by and they go, hey- Where are you on quota? What do you need to do? It's like, you know, here's the deal. What happens in the training, recruiting, and coaching process will be duplicated by your sellers in the sales process. Mm. So if we talk more than we listen, if we don't lead with empathy, guess what? You know, great coaches sit down and get to know the whole human, (laughs) you know, who, who I can't affect your outer world if i don't understand your inner world. I, one of my favorite questions i love to ask sellers is you know depending on the level if you got an extra $5,000 a month what would you do with it? Hmm. and they're going to come up with some crap answer like oh i'd invest it. but then you've got to go well and then what? and if you do three or four and then what? you're going to get to what i call the seven emotional motivators that drive all decision making. see i have to like break things down. to me there's wow. seven motivators. like if you look at anything you've ever bought a car, a house, a pair of jeans, or a job. There was an emotional motivator underneath it. And once I find out what is it for that seller? Is it that um, you know they want to travel the world one day? Is it that they've got a baby and they didn't get their college paid for and they want to save up so their child can have a college education? But there is an underneath it. It's money is a secondary motivator. It's what am I going to do with the m- money? Wow. And once I get that, I have an employee right now. I adore her. And her motivator in life is she wants to raise her kids so that they have more than she ever had, and she wants time with her family. Mm-hmm. So when I go to motivate Lindsay, I'm not going to say, "Hey, you could make an extra five thousand a month." I'm going to go, "Hey, let's get the kids to Disney. Let's yeah. get let's get the kids to Hawaii this month."
1: I, right? Shit, That's what idea. I'm going to do. It. I made a mistake a long time ago uh, with a woman who used to work for Pete and worked for me. Also, her name was Haley Latrell, And I early in my career, I just assumed that every salesperson was competitive and every salesperson liked to be pitted up against each other. And I pitted her up against uh, uh, another person and she hated it. And it was because I failed to understand what her emotional you know, motivator was. So what that you mentioned, there's seven, what are the seven emotional motivators?
0: They're in chapter two. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Nothing's for easiness. free, Kevin. Damn it.
0: No, I, I mean, um, you know, if you, if you think about it, just just think about the last thing you bought. So I, I mean, Kevin, what's the last big purchase you made?
1: The last big purchase house, car,
0: car, watch, car. something like car,
1: that. Car, car, car.
0: Okay, what kind of car?
1: It was a Tesla. Why'd you buy it? It was um, a reward it was um, It was a uh, 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 celebration, a reward for uh for um, a very large event that happened in our family's life.
0: Okay, Why a Tesla?
1: Um I don't like paying for gas, and that was twelve months ago.
0: But why else? I mean, what does a Tesla symbolize?
1: Um. It's, it symbolized a splurge on something that I normally would not, I wouldn't spend the money on. I would never pay the kind of money that I paid for this car on any other car in my entire life for myself. I would never, never do that.
0: Okay. So dude, how do you feel when you're on the road with that Tesla driving down the 405?
1: I I feel fantastic. I feel, you know, and it's not about like, I want to show people this thing. It's, to it's me, true. it was an accomplishment. It represented an accomplishment of mine that I chose to reward myself big time. Like the first time I closed a sale, Sherry, in, when, in, in 1994, $19,000 commission check, and I bought a 32-inch television. And it was a splurge. It was like a, a reward for myself for accomplishing something.
0: Yeah, so deserving it. Um, is one of the emotional motivators. Um, I bought a Porsche this year. I, I did a video about that, that some people bought pandemic puppies. I bought a pandemic Porsche, which is an interesting story you might want me to tell. Um, but, but I think that um, it's understanding that it's going to be, um, I deserve it. It would be for relationship, for a child um, or an older parent. It would be for growth, um, for health and wellness, um, you, you know, if you're talking and, and people say, well, I sell B2B, it's not emotional, it's ROI. Believe me, that's why I always tell people, you can get, I, I had a, a gal um, worked at a big company, I can't use the name either, but it begins with an A ends with Adobe. And she was selling a, a million dollar cloud solution to a guy and, and he knew that he was going to get the ROI. And fortunately, this is one of the things we teach when we teach discovery. I said, don't just uncover the problem, uncover the emotional motivator. And she finally said to him, what would it, I know, you know you'd hit all your KPIs. She finally said, Chuck, what would it mean to you personally if you right. hit those KPIs? The guy's whole body language changed. She said, are you kidding me? This was pre-COVID. I have been on the road so much. I have a 14 year old and I have never seen him pitch. He said, send me the send me a contract. And she got Why are
1: salespeople so bad at getting to that deep level. They, they take, they take the surface level pain of like, well, we just have a problem with conversion rates. Aha, let me show you my shit. Why are salespeople so hesitant to go to like, what does that cost your company? And then what does that mean to you personally? Why are they so bad at getting to that last level when everybody can understand that like you buy for emotional reasons. You justify with everybody knows because the kids to today so
2: can't even so balance fast. their own checkbook. That's why they're not taught <laughs> it in school. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> it's, it's actually because so it of it's actually because of drugs. So it
0: goes back to oxytocin. We actually get. I I truly believe like like we are more wired by our quest for satisfaction and pleasure than we think. We get, there's oxytocin is released when we talk more than we listen. So we have to overcome that tendency to not listen. And, and I, I think you're right, Pete. I think some people just don't know how. They don't have the frameworks. They don't know how. They don't practice it. But it's harder to ask questions and to listen than it is to talk. It's harder.
2: Wh- whose job is it, Sherry, to, have, to make sure that the employee has a vision board? Are we all on the same page what a vision board is? your reasons why you're doing the job, okay? Should they have that vision board before they come into the company or is that the sales managers or the supervisors responsibility? Because if you you don't have a good enough reason why you're doing the job, you're not gonna be able to put up with the hard times to get through the early days of sales. At least that's my thoughts.
0: I I think it's a little bit of both, right? Because I think that if sellers say, oh, it's the manager's job, you know, it's not my job. Sorry about that. My phone's beeping. It, it, you know, it's not my job. Then we're blaming external factors for our lack of success. One of the best things I ever learned from my mentor is he said, "If you really want to be successful, you need to change the pronoun." Huh. And and he made me because I like I'm a look. My default is ego. There is no question about it. And ego is really just insecurity, like turned upside down, right? Like y- you know, I I needed and still need the ego gratification. and But there's good ego and bad ego, right? Like good ego says, man, I'm gonna be as good of a leader as Pete. You know, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur like Kevin, like that's good ego, but bad ego blames. And bad ego says, eh, you know, it's not my fault. Um, you know, the leads were bad, <laughs> um, you know, the economy's bad, my business is retrograde, right? Right. And, And and so I do think as sellers, it's imperative that we've got to take responsibility. Like we've got to do everything we can for ourselves. And as leaders, we need to do everything we can for our reps. But sellers, you're not always going to get that super coach. You're not. And you may get transferred for a while somewhere else. That doesn't mean you just like, we've got to, to do the work as I said in the beginning, also. Do the work.
1: Yeah. But I, do the I, work. I used to I used to tell, so I'd have these salespeople that would whine about every, you know, a variety of things. And, and I would say to them, Sherry, listen, you, a couple months ago, you, you crushed your quota. If you're going to take, if you're going to pat yourself on the back and tell yourself that you did such a great job for crushing your quota three months ago, and this month you didn't, and you're now blaming other people it does, it doesn't go love both it. ways man like love you, it. you you've got to take you know the upside and the downside you know it's not somebody else's fault when you don't hit quota uh, especially if you're going to claim that it was you
2: when you crushed your quota i, I love it Sherry, there's two types of sales reps ones that are about to join a company and uh, and ones that are about to leave a company the ones that are about to start at a company what little tip could you offer them before they come into uh, sales training? Or to make it simpler, you have SDRs appointment centers and you have people that that run the appointments and really sell stuff. What would be one bit of advice that you would give to each?
0: Um, That's a great question that I've never been asked. Um, Ooh. uh, Same first principle, lead with empathy. Again, there is going to be a tendency to show off your competence. And to be the big, and particularly if you have experience from another company, this is what I did. This is who I am. You'll turn off everybody in the organization. As anybody new in a new organization, what's critical here is that, you know, we have to understand that when we're in a new company, it's also all about, look, people buy from people, They all things being equal. I think Anthony Ainarino says this, all things being equal, people buy from people they like. All things being unequal, people still buy from people they like. It's the same in a company. You need fans. You need people to like you and want to support you. And if you go in and like, you know, let everybody know how great you are, it's actually a very insecure thing to do anyway. Uh you know, so your best bet is to listen, to learn, to ask questions, to build relationships, to build others up. And 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 make other people feel good about themselves and and, and then a mentor will come to you and ask for help and be humble. These are these soft skills. These are these eulogy virtues. So I would say before anything, that's what you wanna do. Um, you I would say before training, um, learn as much as you can. Again, it's no different than preparing for a customer call. Learn as much as you can about the product. Come in with questions. Like do your work before you get to the training And don't ask questions to show off. They may be answered. Again, you want to start, you want to be humble. And then I would find the top seller in your field who's playing it by the book. Because usually like the top 5%, like do everything backwards and upside down. And they like their enigmas. Like, you know, there's like these freaks of nature that are not scalable or duplicatable. But I would find out the people that are scalable and duplicatable build a relationship and watch what they do and learn from them. And, and, and then people will dump the love on you and the information and, and also navigate you through the natural politics of an organization, you, you know, and, and so you need those, you, you need community, you need to network.
2: Uh, Sherry Levitin, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
0: Thank you. This was fun. You guys are fun.
2: We're okay. Hey, what's yeah. the best way for uh, uh, companies to check, uh, check you out, see if they want to bring you in?
0: Um, You can message me. I do all my own LinkedIn. Um, So you can message me, direct message me on LinkedIn, connect with me. Um, Or you can go to our website, SherryLevitin.com, which is going to be totally redone within 30 days. We're rebranding everything. Um, Or you can even write to me directly and I'll have Lindsay reach out and book an appointment. Sherry at SherryLevitin.com. S-H-A-R-I-L-E-V-I-T-I-N. Not A-N. Those are the light switch people and they are very wealthy. That is not my family. I wish they were
2: not as wealthy Uh, on behalf of Jamie, Justin, KJ, and myself, Pete, we thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard today, please like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Kevin, did you know that each subscriber that we get, it's like magic fairy dust that turns 30 viewers into 3000. Just look at Sherry there. She's got almost 7,000 subscribers. Whoa. And then once again, I'd like to thank our Patreon supporters for supporting our content. It's a real ego boost. Hey, Demand Demand Farm org chart. you can transform contact lists or rich visual maps instantly. Check them out at De- Demand Farm. You must ask for Iron Man. Good peeps over there. Hey, Winalytics. Brent, how are you doing out there? I think I liked all your uh, LinkedIn's. Let me know if I missed something. Build the revenue organization you want. Request a free 60 minute growth consultation at analytics.com. Again, ask for Brent. Just say, Big Pete sent you. We'd also like to say, Hey, thank you, Aaron, Jay, and Trent S for your support. It's real. Ego boost. Like how I'm doing that, KG. That's a new one. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcast. Again, sc- subscribe to our new uh, newsletter in the podcast notes. And then we got a new segment, KG. We got to help out this. Uh, this guy that's looking, software developer, manager, 10 years ex- experience, C-Pound, whatever that is, MS, SQL, Angular, React, Azure, Cloud, ASP.NET, .NET, Core, Node.js, whatever that is, Angular, Web Development. Hey, if you need somebody in Chicago that's a software developer manager, just email Pete at sassholes.net. We thank you for listening. Cue the music.